Hello, and welcome back to The Modern Mom. I am your host, Caroline Detman, and together we are great parents raising great kids and having a great time doing it. Before we were great moms, we were new moms struggling with those early days of postpartum. When I think back onto those first days of being a mom, there are so many things I wish I could go back and tell myself about, especially about the postpartum season. So this episode today is going to be all about what I wish someone would have told me going into my postpartum era. So as you know, my youngest is seven months old, which puts me in my postpartum era for the third time. There's a lot that I've learned for myself through these postpartum journeys, mostly because no one really prepares you for it. We talk so much about birth, preparing for birth, having a newborn, but we don't really talk about caring for ourselves after giving birth. But not today. We are going to have a candid chat about some nitty gritty post-birth details. But like in every episode, we are here to educate and not scare you with negativity. So we'll be leaving out the horror stories and sticking to the facts. And we'll top it off with some ideas and plans for caring for yourself or your friends in their postpartum eras. So here we go. These are the things I wish someone had told me going in. First off, we're just diving right in here, but bleeding. This one is probably the most talked about of the postpartum topics, Before having kids, I was told to expect to have the worst period of my life for like two solid months. And that is a scary prospect. Nobody wants to be told that they're going to have the worst period of their life for two months. That's what I'm talking about when I say the horror stories that come out when people share their personal stories about childbirth and child rearing. Everybody wants to tell you about the worst possible outcome. And I'm here to tell you that that's not normal. (laughs) I don't know what it is about people that just want to project onto you. But the best thing that you can do for yourself is just to let those stories roll off of you. They do not get to dictate what your experience will be. You should not go into the postpartum season expecting the worst. You should go into it expecting postpartum to be beautiful because it is and it can be. So when I am faced with a new experience, one of the ways that I kind of prepare myself for it is I like to deep dive and learn as much as I can about this new experience just to prepare myself. And being faced with the prospect of having the worst period of my life for two months, which was scary, I did a little bit of research. 
I read blogs and watched videos describing having to wear adult diapers to contain it. And no, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, Lokia, that's the technical term for postpartum bleeding. Lokia can last six to eight weeks, but it should not be the most awful of your life. I promise you, if for some odd reason it is awful, you can talk to your OB and they can prescribe something to curtail that discomfort. I promise you. I don't know if you saw your placenta when it came out. If you didn't, let me just sum it up for you real quick. It's like dinner plate sized. So ipso facto, that means there is a dinner plate sized wound inside of you after you give birth. And the fact that it's not a medical emergency is a miracle. With my first, it was like six weeks of like normal period. But with the girls, it was like three weeks each time, no worse than a regular period for like a week of that. And then just spotting definitely regular pad material. Bleeding was definitely something that I had really psyched myself out about and was worried about for almost no reason. Numero dos, hair loss. Hair loss was another thing that I had heard talk about before I ever had children, but I didn't really know what that would entail until I was living it myself. Love that we're losing epic amounts of hair at the same time that we're anxious about things like hair tourniquets. Love that for us. Yes, <laughs> you will lose some hair, especially around your temples. Pregnancy hormones lessen your hair fallout. So when those hormones stop free flowing, the fallout kicks back into gear and sometimes into overdrive. For me, losing hair doesn't really start right away. It kind of ramps up and then peaks around four months postpartum, but you will recover. <laughs> you will not be balding for the rest of your life after you have a child. Around one year, you'll start to notice that you know your hair has its groove again and you'll feel a little bit more like yourself. And as an aside, hair tourniquets, if you haven't heard that term, it is the super rare occurrence when a piece of hair wraps around a baby's finger or toe. Uh, again, super rare, but something that kind of just sticks in your anxious brain. And while we're on the topic of anxiety, the first few weeks after giving birth, your hormones are still totally wackadoodle. So you might feel a little bit more anxious have unexplained crying, irritability, trouble sleeping, mood changes, sadness, all that fun stuff. About 70 to 80% of new moms describe feeling this way at some point. It's usually the first two weeks after giving birth when your hormones are regulating themselves. But if those feelings last longer than those two weeks, or include feelings of guilt or worthlessness, extreme sadness, or thoughts about hurting yourself or someone else. Again, 
This is something you should go to your doctor with. There are specific at-home treatments now for postpartum depression, and it can be managed. There is never shame in asking for help. Number four, growing another person kind of puts your own body through the ringer. My biggest suggestion to you is to just F bounce back culture. That is toxic AF. Your body is different now. Give yourself grace. You've been through a lot, you know, creating life and whatnot. Start slow, both with exercise and your expectations. I am seven months postpartum right now, but in profile, I probably look seven months pregnant still. (laughs) I have been largely pregnant three times in the last four and a half years. So yeah, yep. Giving myself a lot of grace on what my midsection looks like. I have created three beautiful lives and my body has nurtured and grown them both inside and outside and nothing about me looks the same as it did before. And I wish that I could say that I love that because I do. I do love everything that my body has done for my family and my children but it's hard to look in the mirror and not see the person that I was five years ago. This is why it's important to go slowly and give ourselves grace when it comes to our bodies. I breastfed all of our children and I I am still nursing now. So I know the importance of not depriving myself and not going into a calorie deficiency when it comes to milk production. That is more important to me right now than the way that I look in a swimsuit. Have you ever seen that meme of the little girl with the juice box? She's wearing a bathing suit and she's got like this sweet smirk on her face. And underneath it says, the beach is going to get whatever body I give it. That girl just speaks to my soul because (laughs) I might not always be confident in the swimsuit that I'm wearing at the beach, but the beach is going to get whatever body I give it. And my kids are never going to think that I'm ashamed of the way that I look because I do not want to impart that toxic body image onto them. I don't want them to know that that's an option for them. I digress. But my point being, give yourself grace. Your body has done amazing, amazing things. And if it's a little bit softer than it was before it did those amazing, amazing things, It doesn't have to be permanent if you don't want it to be. You can put in the work and get back to who you were or better. But Rome was not built in a day. As an aside, have you seen all those videos about asking your partner how often they think about ancient Rome? If you have and you know what I'm talking about and you've asked your partner how often they think about ancient Rome, please send me a DM with their answers because... I asked my husband, Josh, and he looked at me like I had three heads and said, I haven't thought about ancient Rome since I was in high school. So I want to (laughs) know, I want to know, is this all a setup for views and engagement? Because I feel like it might be. Something else that's different about your body now is all of the hormones that are just surging and coursing through your veins 
at all hours of the day and night. Am I doing a good enough job making this seem like a positive experience? Because I'm, I'm really trying here. Postpartum is a beautiful time in your life, and I mean that from my heart. When you first come home from the hospital, after you have your precious baby, you might feel like you need to put a beach towel down on your bed before you go to sleep at night because you will have night sweats like you are a menopausal woman. You might even need more than one beach towel. You might need to rotate them throughout the night because what your body is doing is it is trying to sweat out all those extra hormones that are in your system and it does a darn good job of it. You will be sweating in your sleep. You will be sweating in the day. And you know something cool about hormones? They stink. (laughs) They stink. Um, You're probably going to have some BO. I don't, I don't know how to polish that turd for you. I just, I just don't. That's, it's a fact. And this episode is about sharing facts that I wish someone would have told me about postpartum before I was in it. And that's, that's a big one because I thought there was something wrong with me, sweating around the clock and stinking like a prepubescent boy in gym class. Oh, it was awful because I haven't used antiperspirant in probably 15 years. I strictly use deodorant. And in one of the heat waves over this past summer, somebody shared a picture to my timeline and it was like, this is not the time for your natural crystal deodorant. We are in a heat wave and you be smelling like lavender and onions. And I hit the floor. (laughs) I woof that that was very funny to me, (laughs) but but not in like a ha ha you stink kind of way. It was like a ha ha I stink kind of way. (laughs) I am vehemently opposed to antiperspirant deodorant. So I have found two natural deodorants that I layer because one of them does a good job eliminating the stink and the other one does a better job at keeping you dry. So so I layer those to have like a tenth of the coverage of like a stick of secret from CVS. Personal conviction, I don't want to use antiperspirant. If you do, you will probably have very little idea that this is going on in your system because you'll just smell like baby powder and roses and I'll smell like lavender and onions. I don't know. I'm really not crunchy about many things, but for some reason, aluminum deodorant just really sticks in my craw. It's like aluminum deodorant, red 40 and artificial sweeteners. Like if those could all just pile in a car together and hop off a cliff, my life would be a lot easier. Good news, the hormonal body odor is easily controlled with your antiperspirant deodorant combo or not combo of your choice and regular showering. And we are not going to be the postpartum mom trope that doesn't shower because they can't find the time. We are not doing this alone. We can ask for help even if that help is your baby seat of choice. We like the baby Bjorn. We like the Mamaroo. You can even just put your towel down on the floor in the bathroom and put your baby on that. If there's nobody to hold the baby, take the shower. 
You don't have to wait for a nap time. You can do it while they're awake. Comb your hair, brush your teeth, take the shower. And with that, we are going to segue into plans for caring for yourself or your friend who is in their postpartum era. Have you heard of the 555 recovery rule? And no, it doesn't have anything to do with pizza. Do you remember the Domino's 555 deal? Man, $15 really got you three pizzas back in the day. Yeah, not round here, partner. (laughs) Not round here. Anywho, the 555 rule of recovery is to spend five days in the bed, five days on the bed, and five days near the bed. To be honest, that sounds heavenly. I'd have a fourth baby in a heartbeat if I could get two weeks in bed after. But no, spending time in the bed is what got us into this mess in the first place. Ayo! (laughs) Needless to say, if you already have young kids, this plan is kind of a daydream. But if this is your first or you have lots of support, this is the ideal for recovery. Go slow. If you can't spend the first five days postpartum in bed, you should for sure be spending those first five days doing as little as possible. You should really be trying to use your time to take care of yourself and your new baby. The next five days, if you cannot be spending them on the bed, like sitting up with the baby and reading or breastfeeding, because you will be spending your whole day breastfeeding, you should still be doing as little as possible and not moving much. Don't be like me. With my first, I was doing laundry. My first was premature in a traumatic birth. I did not need to be doing laundry within days of coming home. That is just not something that I needed to be doing. People want to help you after you've had a child. Let them. And I'm just going to say it. Sleep when the baby sleeps. People laugh. People laugh when you say that. Because newborns sleep all the time and they sleep at random times. So you can't always just like pull out a pillow and catch some Z's when your kid falls asleep in the back seat on the way back from the doctors. Like it's not always realistic. What I mean when I say sleep when the baby sleeps, it's like when my husband went back to work after being home for his leave after our first, I would wake up and feed Jack in the morning. Josh would go to work. And when it was time for Jack's first nap of the day, I would get back into bed and sleep with him for as long as he would stay asleep. I would stay asleep. Waking up every two to three hours overnight to feed the baby is exhausting. There is just no way to slice that where it's not, it's not exhausting. You need to get as much rest as you can so that your body can recover from the marathon that is the third trimester and giving birth. 71 of the world's wealthiest nations provide paid paternity leave by law, but the U.S. is not one of them, which talk about sticking in my craw. (sighs) What would it take to have that? Would it be a female president? Because we have a female VP and we still haven't gotten that done. People really be out there scared that a woman president on her cycle would launch some nukes, but really what they're scared of (laughs) 
is paid paternity leave costing their monopolizing businesses a little bit of their bottom line. Ah, But I digress. If your partner is lucky enough to have leave of some sort, use it. Use it. If it's offered to them, take it. And regardless of that, you need to leverage the help that you have around you. My mother's club organizes a meal train for new moms. You can ask your friends and family to bring you a meal, walk your dog, fold your laundry. Too many times people ask how they can help but aren't told. Your job in this season is to tell them. I know that sounds great coming from me, but I honestly, personally, am the absolute worst at this. I hate asking for help. But to get help, you have to ask for it and know that the worst that could happen when you ask for help is that the other person says no and you'll have to do it yourself. If you don't ask them for help, you're doing it yourself anyways. Chances are pretty good (laughs) that when you ask for help, you're going to get at least some. The people around you are not mind readers. If you want help with the laundry, ask for help with the laundry. I made my life so much harder after having my first because I did not ask for help. And if you take nothing else away from this episode, I hope that it is this and that you will ask for help. Plain and simple. I am only the wife and mother that I am today because I've gotten over myself and ask for help. I've said it a thousand times and I will say it one more. My mother makes it so possible for me to do literally anything and everything as a mother. If only teenaged Caroline knew that once again, she would have to be asking her mother for permission to go out at 30 something years old because someone needed to watch her kids. (laughs) She'd be floored. Ask for help. Bottom line, the biggest thing I wish someone would have told me going into postpartum was that no matter what, I was going to make it through and I was going to be okay. I can do this. There are plenty of moments, especially after your firstborn, where you just kind of look around and think, how did I get here? We don't recognize who we see in the mirror. Our hormones have us questioning every move we're making. It can definitely be a rough time. But that overarching belief that you have everything you need inside of you already going into this is really what pulls you through. The belief in self is probably the most important belief that we have. I have always known that I was meant to be a mother. And even in the roughest moments of postpartum, I knew that this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. So if I could go back in time and tell myself anything while sitting on the edge of the bed and rocking my five pound preemie, it would be this. You absolutely can do this. Whether the this means getting him to sleep or eat or getting a full night's sleep, I needed to know that I could do it. 
So if you are postpartum yourself, you can do this. And someday you too will have a four-year-old and you will be on the brink of tearing up telling somebody about your early postpartum days. And if you have a friend who is postpartum, remind them that they have this too. In the kindest possible way, though, because we all remember what it's like to be on the, on the edge of the bed rocking that tiny baby. You might want to like tell her on the phone or by text because she probably stinks and is nursing the baby every five minutes. And that brings us to the end of today's discussion. If you found this episode helpful, before you click out of your podcast listening app of choice, if you could just give us a quick five-star rating, that would really help our show be recommended to more listeners so that we can help more moms be the modern mom that they want to be. Be sure to come back next time for a discussion of preparing for the upcoming holiday season. I know I cannot believe that we are already there. And if you have any ideas that you would like to hear covered here on The Modern Mom, I have all of our contact info listed in the show notes. Please let me know. This show is just as much for you as it is for me. Until next time, this is Caroline. And don't forget, you can. You can.